You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. We're getting ready uh, as we approach Easter. Uh, we're going to be celebrating the greatest event in human history. It's the day that changed everything. It's the day that changed the life of every person. It's, it's, it's the, the Easter reality is that death doesn't have the last word. The resurrection of Christ has the last word. And, and so many Christians um, started to... to uh, observe the Lent season, the Lent season on Wednesday, and, um, and I think it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, it's, it's a time of self-examination. It's a time of reflection. For 40 days before Easter, individuals from Christendom, that doesn't mean a certain denomination. Sometimes we think of Lent as a Roman Catholic uh, observant. Uh, observance, but it's it's not a, a denominational thing. It's really a Christian thing, where we actually take forty days to reflect on what Christ did for us on the cross. And there's nothing wrong. Let me just say this on the front side: there is nothing wrong with you saying I'm going to give something up or I'm going to add something into my 40 days as reflection or drawing closer to the Lord uh, during this time. And, and so we're, we're, we're in that season right now as we approach Easter where as Christians we should really grasp the grandness of what happened on Calvary. That God in the flesh came, and he dwelt among men, and he, and, he, and he felt our pain, and he felt our hurts, and he did everything perfectly, and yet he was put on the cross to, to, to pay for the penalty that we owe. And, uh, and with, that, uh, with that reality, all of us is, as believers, and if you're here and if you're not a believer, I just want you to maybe ponder the words that I will speak uh, today that, that, that the Lord uh, has for all of us and, and just maybe assess them in a way that maybe the Lord will bring you into a place of relationship with him. Um, because if, if Jesus is real and this Easter reality is real, then it changes, it, it changes everything, but it'll change your life. And, and as we go into the transformed series that Jeff talked about, it will transform your reality. It'll transform your identity. It'll transform you as a person and your whole life. So thinking about that, I'm going to be doing a series, or we're going to be doing a series together that I titled Share. And um, I think it's important for us to, to grab a hold of, of that word, share, um, because we live in a, in, a, in a modern world where we share a lot of things. We share a lot of things. Anyone of you ever shared a post on Facebook? Anyone? Yeah, I, I thank you for all the hands that went up. Because there were a lot of hands that went up. And if your hands didn't go up, I'm sorry for you. I feel for you that 
that you're not on Facebook, but, um, or, or you retweet something and anyone retweeted something, you, you share something again, anyone ever done that? Yeah, just raise your hand. Yeah, you retweet something because it's really important. Um, and so you retweet it or you share something on Instagram. And uh, how many of you share your, your, your coffee? Anyone share a pot of coffee with someone? Thank you. I, at, least you at least we're doing something. <laughs> Where are we at? <laughs> so sharing is, is important. And, and, and as I thought about this, how important is it for us to share the love of God? How important is it for us to share how, how Christ cares about people, how he cares about us? And, and it's, it's really, uh, it's striking to me how, as I put this message together, we, we, have, we have just, um, uh, we got interviewed to, for an article that was written in, the, in two of the, the newspapers in close proximity. So the Copper Basin News in the Copper Corridor did a write-up on our new launch there in the Copper Corridor, and then um, the, the, the Samuel Minor, you know, these big metropolis uh, news agencies did write-ups on Living Word Chapel. And they were writing on, 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 uh, on this new, new campus. They did a great write-up, by the way, if you, if you haven't seen it. You can go on their uh, Facebook page, and it's Cop- Copper Area. Uh, if you have Facebook, you can go on their Facebook page. It's copperarea.com. And even if you don't have Facebook, you can probably go on there just, just by uh, going on Google and, and going to that page. But it's interesting to me because I think I mentioned this to you last week that they had started, they put it on the, on the Facebook page first, and then they did the write-ups. But it's interesting to me because when they put it on the, on the Facebook page, I asked individuals here in the church if you would share that if you had Facebook, for you to share it. And, and thank you for, for those that did. Uh, we, I think we had 12 people that shared uh, that Facebook page. Uh, 12 of you listened to the pastor. Or, or let's look at it another way. 12 of you are on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but 12 people shared it. Now, he, here's, here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing. About a week later, maybe uh, three to five days later, uh, the, the, the Copper Basin News did a story of a haunted house in Superior that the Phoenix Paranormal Society came and actually did an investigation on this, this, this house. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it's a, a building, a commercial building, or it's an actual house, but they came, and, and it's an old dwelling place where they, they actually brought the, the Phoenix Paranormal Society, and they investigated, and they, their findings were that they was definitely possessed by spirits. And so um, this, this write-up, that they big write-up, just like they did a big write-up on, on our story, uh, was put on their page, and right away it got over 1,000 views. It's going to speak to our hearts. Got a, over a thousand views right away. Guess how many shares it got? Almost ninety. I brought to the church that 
the, the newspaper was going to do a write-up, and they did it, put us in, the, in, the, in their Facebook page. And the spirit that we, that we embrace is the spirit of God. The spirit of truth, the spirit of comfort, the spirit who's called the helper, and we get 12 shares. The counterfeit of that spirit who loves attention, the enemy of, of us. Not, he's not the enemy of God. He's, he's defeated in Christ, right? I mean, he's, he's our enemy. He, he manifests in, in, in a spiritual form with, with his entourage, right? The demonic world is real, by the way. Just They went and did an investigation, and they found out these, these things to be true. And everyone wants to hear about it. Everyone wants to see it. Everyone wants to see what it's about. And 90 people, the last time I looked, 89 people, so I'm going to round up, 90 people, probably more now, have shared it so that other people can see about it. We're talking about share today. We're talking about how important is it for us to share. Could you imagine the people that, that, that maybe visit that place and they say, oh my goodness, the, the chairs were shaking. The, 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 the lights, the chandeliers were moving. Oh my goodness, all these things are happening. Can you believe it? There's ghosts in that house. And they share how exciting that is. Oh, it was scary. Like Stephen tells my grandson, he'll tell me, Grandpa, Grandpa, uh, he's, he's got a fetish right now with, uh, with uh, oh my goodness, who's that? The Grinch. The Grinch. And so we tell him, uh, Stephen, uh, go, to the, go to the room, get me something. No, the Grinch, and he's scary. <laughs> the Grinch might be in there. So I'm getting to this, come see this, come share this. And we have got the greatest message of a true living Savior who has left the church, the spirit of the living God to dwell in our presence, his presence in us, his presence with us. And so as we Come to this time preparing for Easter. I want us, and I believe God wants us to share the Lord with people. He is worthy to be shared. So I came up with this first, first part. We're going to be going through the book of Acts, the first part of the book of Acts. We're going, to go, we're going to look at just specifics in the first two chapters, and we're going to see how the Easter reality became a reality for God, I mean, for God to move in people, and how the Holy Spirit was poured out. We talk about this haunted house in Superior. I'm talking about not a haunted house, but a holy house. 
where God dwells, where he comes into the lives of people and he changes us and he transforms us, the only way that, that we can be changed is by God Almighty. And that's what he does. So we're talking about this. We're going to talk about share the promise of God. Share the promise of God is part one. Let me pray. Father, thank you for every person in, in this first service. I just pray your blessing upon your word. Pray for your direction and your guidance, Lord, and um, be with me as your messenger that I will speak in a way that's very clear, in a way that's understandable, Lord. And, and let everybody leave here today saying, man, it was good to be in church. What a wonderful God that we serve. Maybe someone here today may, that has not embraced the love of Christ, I, I pray they can leave here saying, man, today was the greatest day of my life because I welcomed Jesus into my heart. So that's my prayer in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to look at verses 4 and 5 on the screen. But I'm going to read the first three verses of the book of Acts, chapter 1, from my Bible. And then we'll go to verses 4 and 5. Um, so uh, Luke is writing to uh, a, a man by the name of Theophilus. Theophilus means lover of God. Okay? One who loves God. So this could be to every person who loves God, okay? When you read this book, you can say, this is for me because I love God. And he writes this, the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach, this is uh, verse 1 of, uh, of chapter 1, until the day when he was taken up after he uh, had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So he had chosen these, these, these 12 uh, apostles, Judas, uh, betrayed him, and then they filled Judas's spot with Matthias. We'll find that out later on. Um, but we, we see here that, 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 that Jesus had given this instructions to the apostles, and he gave the instructions, I love this, in verse 2, he had by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit given orders. Okay, so the Holy Spirit was moving to, to, to bring forth instructions through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, and so it gets here, uh, verse 3, to, to these he also presented himself alive. Okay, so Jesus, after he died and rose again on the third day, he presented himself alive to those people that had been with him. After his suffering by many convincing proofs, in other words, he said, to Thomas, he said, I want you to put your... Thomas said, I will not believe unless I see him, unless I put my fingers through the holes where he was pierced. And he told Thomas, Thomas, I want you to be, come here, put your hands on my hands, feel that it's me, it's, see the holes right here. And Thomas said, Lord, my Lord and my God. He said, my Lord and my God. And so, so we see that by convincing proofs, he proved himself, it's, and it keeps on appearing to them over a period of 40 days. So after he rose from the dead, are you with me? Someone say, after he rose from the dead. On the, thir on the third day, he rose from the dead. For 40 days, he stayed here in, 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 on earth and presented himself to the apostles and to the believers so that they knew for a fact that he was alive and well. That's what we, that's what the, the, the story that we have embraced Okay, a factual story. He presented himself alive 
and well for over 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So he, he taught them the things of the kingdom in that. Now we're getting to, to uh, verse 4. This is where we're, this is, this is the, the text uh, that I want us to look at. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. Do not leave Jerusalem until he sends you the gift that he promised. Now, he's going he's gonna to tell you what that gift is. He said, I told you before that John baptized you with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He tells them, I told you before that there's a promise that's coming from God. It's a gift of God. You didn't earn it. John baptized with water. He immersed, he immersed you with water. Baptism is immersion. You're immersed. But the gift that's coming right now, if you, when you go to Jerusalem and wait, is that you are going to be baptized. You're going to be immersed with the Spirit of God. You're going to be filled. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Three things that I, I want us to, to conclude from this about sharing. The first thing that I want us to, to, to grab a hold of is that we share the promise of God because people are waiting. We share the promise of God because people are waiting. Jesus commanded the, the, the disciples, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. He said, do not leave Jerusalem. He said, I want you to be patient. You've been, I've been with you for 40 days. You're going to go there. He, they didn't know this, but... In, Ten days later, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was the feast of the harvest. It's when the, it's when the Jews uh, celebrated the first harvest, the harvest of all that they, that all, all that they had planted, all the, this wonderful, wonderful uh, provision from God. Now, here's the awesome thing, that when the Holy Spirit came upon the, the disciples on the day of Pentecost, the harvest began. Because 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost were added to the church. You see, people are waiting. People are waiting because we are filled, we are filled in our life with broken promises. Our lives are filled with broken promises. Everyone promises us something. Anyone watch the news and you see all the town halls that are going on? And you see all the complaining? You said you were going to do this. You're going to reform health care. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Why don't we have it now? All these different things. Uh, our world is filled with, I'm not getting political. I'm just speaking facts. Our world is filled with broken promises. People that come for marriage counseling, you don't understand. He said he was going to do this. He says he's going to do that. He doesn't do anything he says he's going to do. 
She said she's going to do this. She said she's going to do that. My mom said she's going to do this. My, you know, my grandma, whatever. And I'm filled with broken promises. People are waiting for someone to be faithful. People are waiting for someone to keep their word. And I tell you that when I even look at my own life and I reflect here, let's, let's do this reflection of our own life. When I look at my own life, can I tell you that I have let people down without even wanting sometimes. I have let my kids down without wanting sometimes. I have maybe even sometimes with wanting. But the reality is we all let people down except for God. There's a promise that people are waiting for, and that promise can only come from God Almighty. Have you ever thought, why didn't Jesus just give them the promise right there? You know, if, if, if Jeff would have been there, Jeff would have said, Lord, I don't want to wait. Give me the promise right now. Yeah, John right here in the front, he would have been, give me the promise right now. But how many of you know that sometimes things are worth waiting for? Uh, a pastor and, and writer, John Ortberg, he, he, he said this, biblically, waiting is not just something we have to do until we get what we want. Sometimes waiting is a process of becoming what God wants us to be. You know, sometimes in the waiting, we really find out who we are. All the impurities begin to surface, right? How many of you, when you're waiting, do all kinds of negative stuff come out? You know, I just believe that people are waiting for God to show up in their lives. They just don't know how to find him. I really believe we have neighbors, we have friends, they're waiting for God to show up in their lives. They don't want religion. They don't want religion. They're waiting for God to show up in their lives. They just don't know how to find him. If you have Christ, you found God. And you have the ability to show people the way to God. They're waiting. They're waiting. You know, he tells his disciples, I, I, I ponder all of this, you know, the, the historical context. What was going on? Do you ever, when you read the Bible, do you ever just say, what, what was going on? You know, we read all these, these words, but, but there's, how are the responses? Go and wait in Jerusalem. How did they respond? You know, how, how did, think about how some of you respond. You know, I'm talking to you. How, how are some of you responding? You're, hmm. Some of you are like, man, I wonder what I'm going to have for breakfast, breakfast or lunch. You know, what, what, if, what if some of them, what if, what if, Pe what if Peter or Thomas, or, yeah, Thomas was saying, man, I, I wonder what, they're, wonder what my mom's making for dinner. You know? 
All kinds of different things are going on. But he's, he's telling them something that's so important. Go and wait for the promise, which the Father is going to give to you. Not, you're not going to earn the promise. He's going to give it to you. And what he's, Jesus is telling him, it's a promise of peace. It's a promise of truth. There will be no deceit in this promise. It's a promise of comfort. It's a promise of help. He was telling them that you will never be able to accomplish alone what you will be able to accomplish with God. I think that's what people need to know. I think that's what people need to know. You will never be able to accomplish alone what you will be able to accomplish with God. Maybe you're in here today and you're trying to, been a, you've tried to accomplish everything on your own and you are falling short. Let me say this to you. There's a promise from God that with him you will be able to accomplish the things that you cannot on your own. Jesus, Jesus uh, before this conversation, Jesus told his disciples, he says, I will not abandon you. I won't leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. He said, soon the world will no longer see me. He was preparing them progressively. He was preparing them, the disciples, for his departure. He was preparing them for his death. And he's telling them these words. He says, I, I, I will come to you, and the world will no longer see me, but you, you, you're going to see me because I'm going to rise again. That's the whole verbiage right there. Since I live, you will also live. And when I'm raised to life again, so he's preparing them, right? This is, this is he's sitting with them at different times. This is in John, John 14. He's preparing them. He says, and, and, and when I rise again, he says, when I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and that all these words that, I'm, that I've spoken to you, that you guys were scratching your head, what does he mean? I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. What are these things mean? He's saying, you're going to know when I rise from the dead, you're going to know that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and you are in me, and I am in you. That's a promise. That's a promise. It doesn't matter where I go. I'm never alone. It doesn't matter who's against me. God is never against me. It doesn't matter what I'm facing. I will not face it by myself. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. I know that God loves me. I know that he will give me strength. There are people all around us that are empty without God. And they need a helper. They need someone to come alongside of them and help them in their daily lives. And the helper is found in the Holy Spirit of God. Now here's a beautiful thing. You don't have to wait to receive the Holy Spirit. Because we receive the Holy Spirit when we believe. How do we know that? Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and he said this, and now you know, and now you Gentiles, he said, now you Gentiles, you've also heard the truth 
which is the gospel message. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, someone say that. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by what? By giving you the Holy Spirit. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. He said, you're mine. You belong to me. And he gave you the Holy Spirit, which was what? Which was promised long ago. When was the last time that you said, thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit? We don't usually say that, right? We say Jesus, right? Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. How many of us have said, Holy Spirit, thank you for filling me? Thank you for, for what I have in you. Thank you for the power that comes from you. You know, here, here's the thing. When, when we receive the Holy Spirit, he's given to us in full. But as we progress in our understanding and even in our experience of all he has for us, it's a progression. It's a progression. It's, it's, a, it's an understanding of who he is. The Holy Spirit is not an it The Holy Spirit is a he. He's the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you begin to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it changes your life. Because he leads us and he directs us and he guides us. Number two, number two, Share the promise of God so that people can get help for their life. Jesus knew that, his, that the disciples that were with him, they were going to have struggles when he ascended to heaven because they had struggles whenever he was with them on earth. Jesus knows that every one of us are going to have struggles in our life Because we had struggles without him. And in this life, we will have trials and tribulation even when he's walking with us. But the Holy Spirit comes to help us in whatever we're going through. One of the greatest things that we can say in life is, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. One of the greatest things that we can say in our lives, is, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. Because God will not violate your free will. He will not help until you say, Lord, I can't do it. I need you. And there's people all around us that are living their life and they're pulling their, their boots up with their, with their you know, bootstraps. They're, they're saying, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And God is waiting for that right time when they say, I can't do it on my own. I need the help 
of God. And this is where you come in, beloved, and you begin to share that there's a helper who was promised to every person that will humble themselves and say, I can't do it anymore. I need God. Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he will be with you forever. Ain't that cool? When we're, when we're succeeding, how many of you like to succeed in life? Woo! Yeah, I'm having, I'm having a wonderful day. The helper's there. How many of you have gone through some valleys, and, you're, and you've succeeded? And how many of you have gone through some defeats? Guess what? The helper doesn't leave us. He's with us forever. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you're popular or unpopular. It doesn't matter what we're going through. He's telling them, he's saying, I have a helper. I will not abandon you. My father is going to give you a helper. We need to share that with people around us. Not only that, there's people right now that are hurting because they've lost someone Maybe they've lost a job. Maybe they're just hurting. Jesus said this, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another comforter that he will abide with you forever. How many of you would love to share the comfort of God with someone else? You have him. See, the, the, the comfort of God is not an it or it's, you know, I got the comfort of God. No, you have him. You have the comforter that is actually comforting you so that you can comfort others. Let, let me, there's someone in here that you're thinking, you know, I can't, I can't go anymore. I can't go on any longer. I'm just hurting so bad. Can I tell you, tap into the comforter. Tap into the comforter. Let the comforter just abide in you and say, Lord, you promised that you would not leave me. You would give me the comforter. I embrace him today. Feel me. With him. Number three, share the promise of God so that people's lives will change for the good. If people's lives are all messed up, there's a better way to live. We as people, we do our best to make, make life better for our children. How many of us in here are parents and, and we, 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 we've said, we've said things like this, I don't want my kids to, to suffer like I suffered, or I want my kids to have a better life than what I had. Anyone ever said that? Any, anyone, ever, anyone ever said things like, you know what, I used to walk uphill to school barefooted every day of my life, and when I walked back home, I walked uphill back home barefooted. And I don't want my kids to, to walk that way. I don't want them to, to live that way. This is what Jesus was he, he, with those words, were, he knew those words even before we ever spoke them. He said, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Notice that Jesus did not say, 
How much more will your father, you, you guys know how to give good gifts? You know, how much more will your father give him a car? Think about it. How much more will your father give him a new iPad? Your father in heaven. How much more will your father? He's not saying that. Because the gift of God is so much bigger than that. How much more will the gift of God, will the father give them the Holy Spirit, which is the greatest gift that anyone could ever have? Can I tell you that, beloved, we, we will not change someone else's life. In my greatest ministry, whatever capacity the Lord opens up for me, you know, whatever door he opens up, in my greatest of ministry, I will not change people's lives. It will not be James Reese that will change people's lives. But God Almighty will. And there are a lot of people that their lives are so messed up up because they followed and they've shared the, 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 those, those, uh, the news of the haunted houses and all of these things that are a counterfeit of the true spirit that wants to love on people. And because they think of church and they affiliate it with religion instead of the power of God that works through people. That's good. That's good. You see this building right here this building is possessed. <laughs> this building is possessed with people who have the greatest spirit known to mankind, the spirit of the living God. And can I tell you something that this building does not hold the spirit of God but his people do wow Holy Spirit fills our hearts fills our lives because he promised us that he would give us the spirit of truth That's exciting. Will you share the promise of God with other people? I know I will. I know I will. I got some action steps, and I'm out of time. But you know what? I've been out of time before. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Action step number one. Before you can share the promise of God, you must receive him. Amen? You, you, you can't say, you, it won't work if you say to someone, you know what, I, uh, I heard about the promise and it, it sounds really good. I was at church and I heard about the promise and you can have the promise. No, 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 you need the promise first. Bible says, friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. Peter's talking here in the book of Acts chapter 3. He says, now repent of your sins. He just says, turn around, turn away, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And then times of what? Times of refreshment 
will come from the presence of the Lord. Because when you repent and you turn away from your old life and you come to God, the Holy Spirit's poured out on, on you and he comes and he refreshes your soul. Action step number two, once you have received Christ, now it's time to take a bold step by allowing him to lead you into your next step. Your walk with God is always about next steps. Always. Tell someone your walk with God is always about next steps. If you don't take next steps, you become stagnant. We would be, we would be doing an in-service to you if we would never say, take this next step. It's always a next step. This may be getting baptized. Maybe going through the 101, 201, 301, 401. We got people right now in the 301. Beautiful. So you can learn about what the promise of God entails. You get involved in a small group by hosting or participating. Every person, I just, I just encourage every person to be a part of a small group. Action step number three. Share the promise of God with others by bringing them to a Sunday worship experience or bringing them to a small group. Every Sunday, God does great things when people come and worship him. God did great things today because we took the time to worship him. Every time we open up the doors to a small group, you're welcoming the promise of God into your home and the Holy Spirit does great things. Let's pray. Let's pray. Every, every Sunday, I give, every, I give someone an opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior and make a choice to follow him. If that's you today, just pray this with me. God, I'm tired of trying to live my life without you. Today, I know that I need a Savior and a helper. I know that his name is Jesus Christ. So I open up my heart and my life by confessing that Christ died for all my sins on the cross at Calvary. And I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. I choose to follow him from this day forward in the fellowship of the church and I choose to share him with my world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.